Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and this is Popcorn where we tell you what's happening at the movies and because the holiday season is now beginning. <clears throat> My guest Billy Bob Thornton has, it took him 13 years to do this, but he's made a sequel to Bad Santa, which to me, um, the character that he plays is kind of the antidote to everything commercial, horrible, and synthetic about the holiday season. So it is great to have you here again, but it's great to have Willie back too. Oh, I've got to say that. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. It's good to see so you. So why did it take you so long? Well, um, we had had the feeling that we would make a sequel to it someday, yeah, uh, okay. but, but not right away, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I think with comedies sometimes, uh, when they do a sequel, they figure, well, if they make it right away, you know, like the next year or whatever, uh, they think, uh, what can we do to make this different than the first one? So they go broader, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the natural progression. And uh, I think it helped us that we waited 13 years because now it kind of seems like another movie, you know, and, and the kid's 21 now, he was eight in the first one. Thurman Merman. Thurman Merman. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, the reason it took so long is because the studio had changed hands a couple of times, you know, and uh, there was uh, all the legalities and rights or whatever, and um, once that all got ironed out, the, the new Miramax, you know, uh, said, we'd like to do this. And after that, uh, it took us, you know, two or three years to get the right story and the right script because we didn't want to just throw something out there, you know. Uh, well, in 13 years, there could be changes in people's lives oh, going yes. on during Absolutely. that period. Absolutely. And we see that boy grow up to do that. But Willie, he's still out there. He's moved now from Phoenix to right. Chicago. Right. Know? So this is it. But right from that moment where you've got the Santa outfit on and you're standing outside in this, basically, any major city that we all hear the bells ringing. Sure. And, peace on earth and all that. <laughs> and I remember you just saying, uh, feed the starving children, you know, come on, you Yeah, right. To me, this says the holidays. This, <laughs> right? is, this, is, this is what we need. Yeah. But I have, to, I have to ask you before I go on in that, how do you celebrate the holidays, really? It's pretty traditional. Is it? Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid- You're we, not cursing out your own children and- No, um, no. I, I'm, I'm the other kind of father. I'm the one that the kids are always saying, Dad, we're in public, don't hug me so much, will you? <laughs> you know? Uh, so I'm kind of the opposite of Willie in that sense. Um, I, I, I love the holiday season and all that. But like anybody else uh, these days, I think we're all a little tired of like companies sort of preying on your sentimentality mm -hmm. to sell your products, right? And mm -hmm. uh, when you're a kid, you don't know anything about that. But um, I think that this movie, the first one, you know, the reason it struck a chord with people, it was, it, like you said, it was the antidote mm -hmm. to the usual Christmas movie. It was sort of the alternative to uh, the sort of over-sentimental, you know, very commercial kind of movie. And, and I think not all people have a great time when the family gathers at Christmas, you know? Some people <laughs> no, have- it could be dysfunctional yeah, I mean, Oh yeah, I mean, sometimes you got an Uncle Ernie who can upset the apple <laughs> cart any minute, you know? And- uh, I guess you have yeah. an Uncle Ernie somewhere. Uh, under used a different to, name. yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're a kid growing up, when you're growing up in Arkansas, mm. you weren't exactly born to huge amounts of money. No. So no, that's what was uh, like, what was Christmas in Arkansas? 
Well, you know, we did, we, I came from a big family and, mm -hmm. and, you know, we would all gather at my grandmother's house out in the woods there where I'd lived the first six or seven years of my life. And, uh, you know, the family came in from Texas. We had a lot of family there and, uh, uh, we didn't have a lot of money, but you know, when you're a kid, you don't know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not aware of no, all it's that what kind everybody of stuff. else it's, is dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we had what we had and we didn't know any different. So, uh, uh, it was pretty happy, you know, around the holidays. Uh, you know, we would all get our stick and our rock and the stocking. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. But, no, uh, I remember in high school, uh, we would always order Christmas stuff out of the Sears or Montgomery Ward catalog or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. You'd pick your stuff out. And I'll never forget having a $15 limit, my brothers and I. Yeah, you know, fifteen Capped completely at fifteen. Fifteen dollars yeah. is what we we got, but uh, and I, this is going to make me sound so old, but in those days, fifteen dollars bought a lot it, more. You it know, bought so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could get like three things. You know, <laughs> and uh, even though we didn't have much money, it was uh, it was comfortable enough. How long was it uh, until you stopped believing in Santa Claus, or did you ever? I, I always did. Oh, you still and, believe me? Well, I, I was one of those uh, uh, latecomers to the cynicism table. Uh, I actually got in a fist fight at school when a, a, a kid told me there was no Santa Claus and that I was an idiot, you know, for believing that. And I was probably 12. 12. I thought you yeah. were going to say you were 31. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> How dare I, you say that to me? I mean, I still kind of... I, I, the way I explained it to my kids when they started f figuring out maybe that Santa Claus was, was me, uh, <laughs> uh, I just said, well, look, it's, it's really more an idea, you know. And, uh, you know, they talk about the Christmas spirit. It's, it's more of that kind of thing. It's like, uh, uh, who knows, you know, what, mm -hmm. what there really is. And obviously, uh, I, I think when I... I started to question it was when I was, I was trying to figure out the logistics of how Santa Claus did that. Okay, 12 years old. So this yeah. is, we're talking puberty now, too. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that time where you're suspicious of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, hang on a second. I mean, uh, how, did, how is he in, like, Sweden? You know, and he goes to every house in Sweden in one <laughs> night, and then he has got to go to, over to Denmark. Mm -hmm. He does, and so then, close and by. Then, right? Yeah. And then after he goes to every house in Denver, how does he get to New York and then L.A. and Arkansas and all this? There's no way, you know. I mean, he's a cool cat. Logically and systematically, you proved him uh, to not exist. Exactly. It's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. You'd, I like to do that to a lot of people that I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they still you. exist anyway. Yes, they do. It happens. So <laughs> did you gather around with the family and watch, like, what was the traditional Christmas movie you would watch as a kid? Uh, I would say probably the number one movie that we always made sure we watched was It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, that was a good one. And uh, Miracle on 34th Street, you know, as big a movie as it is, mm -hmm. was never one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. There was something about it that rubbed me the wrong way, and I don't know how to describe it really. Uh, 
I mean, it's not that it's bad. I liked it, mm -hmm. but but it's a wonderful life had a little more sauce to it or something. And uh, well, it's funny because know. when we're doing a show where I'm picking the best holiday movies, and it's kind of bookended by It's a Wonderful Life and Bad Santa. Oh wow! And in a sense, they're not unlike because right. It's a Wonderful Life is as dark uh, Christmas holiday movie yeah. as there exists. This right. guy is so despairing yeah. that he's going to kill himself and jump off a bridge. Yeah. And he's waiting for whatever happens. Yeah. And you're willing, you know, this guy is uh, trying in this movie <laughs> yeah. so many ways to off himself. Exactly. <laughs> to just get off and say, no, I can't live this life anymore. Yeah. You know, people, when the first movie came out, there was a lot of discussion of those people that, you know, pulled their beard and said, oh, what's the real meaning behind Bad Santa mm -hmm. besides the fact that we're laughing? Right. That he might have been an abused child. Yeah. Well, so be it. Absolutely. So be it in yes. Bad Santa too. Mm -hmm. For you to have Kathy Bates as your mom, mm -hmm. who commits more than fully to right. playing her. I love the character being called Sonny. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some irony. Yeah. <laughs> She's got that face. Oh, yeah. It. But, boy, is she going toe-to-toe -to -toe with you in terms of... Uh, sure. No, you can see exactly why uh, Willie ended up the way he did. I mean, it's, uh, I, I talked to Kathy about it a little bit initially. Uh, I said, you know, to me, they're like carnies or, uh, you know, nothing against carnies, but mm -hmm. I mean, they lived a life of probably moving around everywhere and more like grifters, I guess you'd say, you know, really. And, uh, you know, she probably farmed him out to go, sort of like she was Fagin and I was uh, the artful dodger or something, you know. And it's like, hey, go over there and get that, steal that grapefruit, you know. And uh, so Willie didn't have much of a childhood, and uh, he kind of sees himself in Thurman Merman, you know. It's like, here's another poor kid that didn't have a chance, you know. In terms of Thurman, mm -hmm. this is the complete opposite of mm -hmm. Willie. Right. In other words, he is like a Rodgers and Hammerstein cockeyed optimist. This right. kid does not see the dark side oh, yeah. anywhere. You know, he's yeah. just saying, what's next? And I'm going to yeah. make an adventure out of it. Yes. Not true of you and your mom. Not true of Mark Tony Cox being back playing right. this role. This is right. this guy. <laughs> These people aren't good people. Yeah. And in this movie, you guys are getting together to rob of all people for Christmas a charity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yet in this movie you find that, you know, at the end of the day, Willie actually does, <clears throat> and probably the bane of his existence is that he has some hope, you know. Uh, probably if he didn't have any hope, it would be easy, <laughs> you know. Somehow the universe would let him fall off the building, you know. <laughs> but I think uh, he's just got a bit of hope, you know, and, uh, and probably feels some responsibility toward this kid, you know. We were talking before the show started a little bit about you and television and what mm -hmm. it's meant. Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm not blowing smoke to say that what you did on Fargo was among the very best things you've ever done. It was just a, a great series for what it right. was and a great character for you to play. And you played it 100% to do that. Are you excited about uh, TV now? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to do it now. When I was coming up, uh, 
You know, like in the 80s and 90s, it, it was uh, not a good thing for a film actor to do TV. You no, know? it was like, uh, what uh, happened? Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's like he may as well go on Hollywood Squares or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, TV is where, the, where independent film lives now. I mean, it's not that they don't make independent film anymore, but now they want to give you $2 million to make the movie, and they want 10 movie stars in it, and they want the foreign rights sold off before they ever give you a nickel. And... And then it gets some little distributor, nobody ever sees it, and then a blogger says something bad about it because they don't like you for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they're dead. So uh, when you do one for like Amazon or whatever, and you have this freedom, you're basically making an eight or 10 hour or three hour, whatever it is, independent film. And in some ways, there's even more freedom because you have a big uh, window of time to develop characters in a story, you know, whereas a, a movie's an hour and a half or two hours. So I think it's a, a great place for actors, and all, all the actors are looking for that now, you know, because studio films these days are generally event movies, mm -hmm. you know. and Comic books. Yeah, comic yeah. books. And, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm too old to play Batman. I'd have to play the mayor, <laughs> you know. You know, on Goliath, which mm -hmm. is on Amazon, right. that you and David E. Kelly collaborated on. Who is this guy, McBride, that you're playing? Uh, just uh, a guy who used to be somebody, you know, mm -hmm. uh, had the world by the tail. And uh, uh, through some of his own uh, doing and uh, also with his sort of rivalry with his partner, uh, gets kicked out of his own firm. Was, uh, he was a big lawyer and now he lives in a motel and hangs out at Shay J all night drinking. And... Uh, uh, he's, he's a guy who can't uh, let it go, mm -hmm. you know. In other words, he, he doesn't say, well, maybe there's another career choice here. Or, and he do also doesn't just give up and go completely in the gutter. It's about a guy's fight to become relevant again uh, because he has to do something. He's not the kind of guy who can sit still. And uh, I can certainly relate to that. I mean, you know, having had hills and valleys in the in the entertainment business over the years, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it, it's, it's almost like uh, I can imagine Frank Sinatra having played this part mm. in in 1955 or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, uh, because he, you know, we always think of him as well. That's the chairman of the board. That's Sinatra. You know, but some of his his roles mirrored his life and career you know mm -hmm. because he went he sunk really low mm -hmm. and desperately wanted to come back he was a i look at this character billy mcbride as kind of a sinatra like guy you know as a law the lawyer version you mm -hmm. know it's like uh he, he wasn't able to sit still and he wasn't able to not be successful you know he had to get back you know and w another thing about your life and career to me that i haven't gotten to yet but which is just as important in the years that i've known you and talked to you which is music mm -hmm. this is key to who you are Absolutely. and what it is you do yes and you're still touring yeah oh yeah i mean that's that's where i started mm -hmm. and uh, you know, from the time I was a, a little kid, we, you know, I was in a, I was raised in a time when uh, the band that set the bar for us was the Beatles. Mm -hmm. So, I'm from a generation of guys and bands uh, who were never going to be what they wanted to be. 
I mean, no, none of us were ever going to be the Beatles. It wasn't going to happen. So it kept you really striving, you know, and really hungry. You know, uh, we, you couldn't settle for anything other than being the Beatles, which is an impossible goal. So here's a carrot being dragged along the floor. You're chasing your whole life. And uh, that's why when you get 60 years old, you still want to be the Beatles. And that's why it's still fun to be in a band. Mm -hmm. We keep going, and finally, after all these years of, of uh, oh, it's an actor wanting to make records, uh, and in fact, it was a musician who ended up as an actor, after all these years and all these records, we're finally kind of making a dent in that. Like, we have people, uh, we have a great cult following, mm -hmm. and when we do shows now, there are more records and band posters being signed at the shows than... Sling Blade posters, which is great. Which is great, although not yeah. to, because Sling Blade's 20 years old now. Can you that, believe that? Right. I know, you it's know? crazy. So no wonder they're yeah. giving you those yeah. things to sign. You know, yeah. you, how do you feel about that now, 20 years later, when you look back on it? You know, I'll always have uh, uh, a soft spot for that movie because mm -hmm. that gave me so many opportunities. And uh, it was the, the little little engine that could in a lot of ways, you know, because we made that movie for less than a million dollars. And uh, we had no transportation department on that. We walked to locations sometimes and uh, no uh, dressing facilities or trailers mm -hmm. at all. Uh, I remember Robert Duvall in his one scene playing <laughs> my father in that movie was sitting in a chair like this in a union suit or, you know, a, what do you call it, a thermal yeah. underwear thing. And uh, he changed clothes right next to the chair where he sat down, just took his stuff off and put the union suit on and sat down in the chair. And that's the way we did that movie. So I'll always have a real love for that, that movie and what, what it did for a lot of us. You know. And you have an Oscar for writing for the screenplay. That, right. Where's that sit now? Is it going to well, be on the Christmas mantle, decorated? Well, it's, it's, we got a little shelf there with some awards <laughs> on it, you know. And, uh, That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a good to have a shelf. Sure. I mean, when, when the folks come over, they always like to look at it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this show, as you know from the last time, always ends with a little bit of song. All right. And it's holiday season. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, maybe you have something in you that's holiday-ish to hmm. take us out with. I don't know that you can bring a blues rock uh, feel to. I would just say, you know, have yourself a merry little Christmas, Peter. <laughs> keep the Yule time right. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. we'll just yeah. keep doing that. Exactly. Billy Bob. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Peter. It's great to see you. All right. Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Popcorn with Peter Travers podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also find Popcorn on Twitter and Facebook at Popcorn ABC News. I also want to thank the people who helped produce this podcast. Angela Williams, Brian Fudge, Josh Cohen, David Fazekas, David Miller, Michael Rothman, Alexa Valiente, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. I'll talk to you next Friday.